pastor was on vacation this week, and he was kind enough to leave me the keys to the pulpit. So don't tell him what we, what we talked about. We've had um, a lot of messages given this past year on direction. We all need direction. We all want direction. We all really need direction. But um, the direction that I'm taking this is that the direction that we choose to go, and it's not always the right direction. And so it's trying to get back to where you're supposed to be. And so I got to thinking about directions and, and um, you know, we use a GPS to, for directions. And we plug in, I want to go to, from point A to point B, and I want to get there as quickly as I can and avoid all the traffic and all the, you know, all the construction. And so I plug it into my handy-dandy GPS. I don't know if you're as fortunate as I am because it's, it, you can depend on this too much. The other day I was driving to... Um, I live in Huber Heights, and I drove to Xenia. And so I put in my point A to point B, and it was taking me. And, you know, the person that, that talks on here, you know, um, my grandkids call, the, call her Teller Girl. You know, so the Teller Girl tells you to turn left and turn right and, you know, and um, keep left and don't get on that highway. And she does a great job. And so... Um, the other day, I, like I said, I was going to Xenia, so I put everything in there, and, and she, just, she just took me turn by turn by turn. She was great until I got to my destination. And she said, destination on your right. She didn't say turn right. And I drove right past it because didn't, she didn't tell me to turn. I thought, oh, no. So I had to go across the highway, make a big U-turn, come back and get into my destination. So you can be too dependent on these. And you've heard all the stories about people using their GPS and, and, and them getting lost, getting into the desert and everything else. And so it's hard to, we can rely on this a little too much. Um, my wife and I were in North Carolina, and we were uh, meeting another pastor and his wife for dinner and it was dark and I knew about where I was going to the restaurant but nonetheless my wife picked up the you know she picked up her phone and she put in there where we're going and so teller girl was telling us where to go and all of a sudden teller girl says you reached your destination on the left well on the left was a car lot so that wasn't really where we were going. I didn't think they were having dinner. And so um, we went a little further, and Teller Girl said, make a U-turn. Well, I knew that right then that Teller Girl had, was misinformed of where we were going or whatever it is. And so um, I said, turn Teller Girl off, and we went up the road a little bit more, and sure enough, there was a restaurant, and away we went. Before you had GPS... Um, it, you had maps. And 
these maps were really good for not much when you think about what Telegirl tells you. Telegirl tells you, you know, in 400 feet, you're going to turn left or right, you know, and, and she's going to tell you that you're going too fast or whatever. That's a good thing. The maps that we had back in the day didn't tell you much other than this is, this is 75 and this is 70, this is Route 4, it, it, and it did not tell you to turn on what streets because it did not get you to the streets unless you had an individual street map. So when you were going on vacation, you needed a navigator, someone to spread this five-foot map across the entire car and then try to figure out and use a compass and, and everything else, you know. And so, um, and then before, I don't know, I, I'm going to show my age here, but when it was, um, when I would drive or I would give directions, it was, you want to go down the road a little bit. Then you're going to come to a traffic light and there's going to be a gas station on your right. And that's where you want to turn. Well, what's the name of that street? I don't know that. But that's where you want to turn. So mine was always by landmark, and which is good, but still not enough. Um, and then go back a little further that when, especially for, for men, that uh, when, we, when we drive, and we don't know where we're going, we're not going to let anybody know that we don't know where we're going. And so we're, and, and we get frustrated. And so the wife would say, well, why don't you stop and ask for directions? Oh, no, I cannot do that. I know, I know I'm quite capable of getting to where I'm going. I don't need some, and, I, and I, oddly enough, I stopped at a gas station once and asked for directions. Only had the person say, I, I have no clue. Okay, so then it, it really didn't help. And so we get frustrated. Men get frustrated, and we say, okay, I'm done. I'm going home. So you never get to where you're going because you got so frustrated because you couldn't find where you were supposed to be, and, and then you go home. That's if you can remember how to get back home. Think about the Israelites. Think about when God said, Moses, I want you to set my people free. I want you to take them out of Egypt. God didn't tell Moses that I want you to take them out of Egypt, and this is how I, where I want you to go, how I want you to go. This is your final destination, and he didn't have all that. God told Moses... Leave my people out. No GPS, no directions, no nothing. In Exodus, chapter 13, verses 21 to 22, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. How, how much can you, when God leads you, and that pillar of cloud and that pillar of fire was visible. Sometimes we wish God would give us the same type of visible 
things that we can follow, but um, he doesn't always do that. And so here we had this cloud and this fire, and the people were following as they were supposed to, and it led him right to the Red Sea. I can picture this. You got two million people wanting that have left Egypt. They have their, their animals, their carts, all their possessions. They had donkeys, they had cows, they had a menagerie. And so two million people walk up to the Red Sea and say, great. No boats, and I can't swim. And so now there's grumbling. And we never grumble when God gives us direction to do something, but he doesn't give us all the details. He doesn't take care of everything beforehand. He takes you to a point, but you still have to rely on him. And so he had Moses raise his staff, and as that staff was raised, the Red Sea parted. We all know the story. And they walked across on dry ground. They began to walk to their promise. They didn't think that their past would follow them, but they couldn't be any more wrong. We can all experience that, that our past just seems to linger. And we don't know how to let it go. And so we just kind of wander around aimlessly sometimes because my past is keeping me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing, going where I'm supposed to be going. My past that I lug around my shoulders prevents me from getting to my promise that God has for me, and God has a promise for all of us. So you get a picture of this, that, that you got two million people, and they're all crossing the Red Sea on the dry ground. And the last man, the two, hundredth, the two millionth man, looks over his shoulder, and he's seeing his past catching up to him. The chariots, the soldiers, the Pharaoh's army was hot on the trail. The two millionth man said, I thought we left all that behind. And so he had to get word to the front that we got trouble back here. And so they got the word, everybody got across. Moses raised his staff. And the sea came and drowned the armies. Drowned their past. Drowned their past that was chasing after them. Eliminated it. So it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be clear sailing for them. God said, let my people go. My people got let free. My people are walking in the desert following Moses. My people get to the Red Sea. 
my people, I part the Red Sea for my people, they go across, I close it up, I, I drown the, the army, I drown their path, they get to the other side, and my people should be happy. God didn't say, didn't tell Moses that your journey is only 11 days. He didn't tell him anything. So when they got to the other side, just like we all can be ungrateful and complain that now what are we supposed to do, that they get to spend the next 40 years trying to find the place where they were supposed to be that was an 11-day journey. How many of you have been wandering in a desert for a long time when all you had to do was say, yes, Lord? It's pretty easy to get ourselves in a tizzy. We can let our failures, our past failures, and our, even our present failures Keep us from moving in the right direction. We all struggle. We all have issues. We all have a past. I've got a past. You've got a past. Everybody's got a past. Some of it good. Some of it not so good. Some of it terrible. Sometimes it's not easy to let go of that past. But the thing is, is that when, when we, as Christians, and the first time that we ask God to come into our lives, and the first time we ask God to forgive us of our sins, and to forgive me of my past, and everything that I've done in my past, God forgave you. God took your past and threw it in the lake. It's never to be brought up again. Your past is done. You are the one that can't let go of the past. You are the one that drags it around with you, and you are the one that holds it because that's all you know. You feel that you're not worthy. You feel you're not good enough. You feel that no one could ever love me, no one could ever forgive me, and yet... Now you're saying that God didn't do his part. God forgave you. That's all that counts. If your friends and your family can't forgive you, that's on them. You're forgiven. Sometimes our past can cripple us with fear. And it's preventing us from moving forward, moving in our direction, moving into our promise. It can even, even cause us to wander in a desert. It can also prevent us from doing anything. We no longer wander, we just stand in one place. I don't need direction because I'm not going anywhere. I don't need direction because I'm not doing nothing. I don't care what you say. I don't care about nothing. I'm staying right here. And as long as I stay right here, everything's going to be hunky-dory for me. 
because I know what I left, and I don't want to go there, but I don't, I don't know what's here, and since I don't know what's here, I'm scared, and so I'm staying right here. That's just as bad as going the wrong direction. Standing still is an action, and it's the wrong action when you're supposed to be moving in the right direction. Something to think about. When you think about your past, when I think about my past, I think about the things that, that crippled me for a long time. Since I wasn't one of the fortunate ones that uh, grew up in the church and, and born in a pew or under a pew, uh, I didn't know what a pew was. And so um, I had a past. And, and it wasn't a godly past, or so I thought. I learned that when God's got a plan for you, he has a plan for you before you were in your mother's womb. When God's got a plan for you, it makes no difference what you do. He's got that plan for you, and, and, and it's when it's going to happen. Now, my plan was supposed to happen way back here. Forty years later, my plan happened. I allowed things said to me, hurtful things said to me, determine who I was going to be and how I was going to be. When you have a family member say, you're not going to amount to anything, you're not going to amount to much, and you're 16 years old, that stings, that hurts, and you wear that. When you have a pastor tell you at 16, you're nothing but a pagan, and I have no idea what a pagan was. I just knew it wasn't good. And then this pastor left the church and ran off, divorced his wife, and ran off with one of the young girls in youth. Okay, I'm a pagan. I'm not sure what that makes him. But nonetheless, I wore that. I wore that for a very long time. At 16, before that pastor had said something, I felt in my spirit, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to go to seminary. Okay? That's at 16. Why would I want to go to seminary after I've had a pastor call me a pagan? Why would I want to do anything when someone's telling me that I'm not going to amount to anything? And you wear that. And that hurts. I'm sure that you've all been said things to you. 
You'll never amount to anything. Who do you think you are? How dare you? Or a past that wasn't very good. That I can't escape my past. Sure you can escape your past. Just as God closed the Red Sea for the Israelites onto the, the, the Pharaoh's army and drowned them, He can do the same thing for you. God can part your Red Sea. God can have you walk across that Red Sea on dry ground. God's not going to tell you what's, what's up ahead. God didn't tell the Israelites that don't worry about the giants that you're going to find in your promised land because God knew if I told them beforehand that where they were going, yeah, there's milk and honey, but there's giants. If God told them that, they, wouldn't, they never would have go there. God's got a plan. God's got a promise. And sometimes those, and each, and our promises can be um, seasonal. This is where I'm at today. I'm doing great. God is using me. I, I, I'm just, I'm on fire for God. It's time to move. But I don't want to move. I need, because God needs you to be out of your comfort zone. God's got a plan. This was just a piece of the plan. This was the promise. Now, it's like when God's got a promise that, Lord, I want you to bring the right spouse and that we get married and we love each other and we have, we have a family together and we go to church. And that happens. That's just a piece. That's part of a plan, but that's just a piece of a plan. God's got a promise. God, God made a promise to all of us. Our promise is down here. I've got to get from down there from here. Okay, so now I've got this family. I've got the best family in the world. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm happy. It's easy to get stuck. It's easy to give up. It's easy to not look for what's next because you think this is all I need and that couldn't be any more true. Maybe God brought that spouse together, you and that spouse together and those kids together because now I want that whole family to become missionaries. Well, in order for you to be missionaries, you have to step out and do something. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You don't know what that is. God's not going to tell you what... He's not going to give you detailed plans. It just doesn't happen. Just as our sins have been forgiven and cast in the sea of forgiveness, our past is just that. It's past. 
It's behind us. God can part our Red Sea, and we can, we can walk in it right in the right direction. This is what we tend to do with our past. We tend to look back. There was, a, there was a famous woman in the Bible who was told, don't look back at your past. And she looked back at her past and she became a pillar of salt. She lost out. Couldn't follow simple directions. They are simple directions when you think about it. It's just letting go of your past is hard, so you think. Isaiah 43, verses 16 through 19. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. That applies to you today. If you are going in the wrong direction, if you are wandering in a desert, if you are stuck on an island, if you created yourself to be an island, God's got a plan for you. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Those are powerful words. But how hard is it to not lean on our own understanding? We like to do that. We like to make sure I got all my ducks in a row before I can do anything. God doesn't work with your ducks. You can bring your ducks, but this is how we're going. Psalms 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Again, powerful words. Words that, that Lord, show me. Show me. You know, it's, I think about you know, when you're um, on an airplane and the power goes out and, and the, the, the aisleway lights up and it's showing you how to get out. That's neat. We all would like God to do that for us. We all come to a fork in the road sometimes. Do I go left or do I go right? That's where you ask God. 
You have to ask God, which way, which way do am I supposed to go? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? Again, I'm going to share a story that I thought for sure I was supposed to move to a different state. I was supposed to retire. I was supposed to um, move to North Carolina. I was supposed to be a pastor in North Carolina. I, was, I had already contacted somebody to come and um, list my house, and it was listed. I, had, I went down to North Carolina and began looking for some place to live. And I'm trying to make something happen. I was trying to make it happen. God says, since you're trying to make it happen, I'm taking my hands off of it. I'm going to stand right here and wait till you decide to listen And that was not an easy thing to do because I truly thought I was going where I was supposed to be doing, going where I was supposed to be going. And when you find out that it's not, it was crushing. I was devastated. I thought God let me down. I thought, how could I, how could I not be hearing from God? I read my Bible, I pray, I do all this stuff, and, and how could I have missed it? How could I have been so wrong? I was being on my own understanding. That's why I wound up here. I'm here because this is where I'm supposed to be. I couldn't imagine right now being any place other than here. You people are amazing. Totally amazing. And I appreciate that. Now I'm going to read Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a, that's a very famous, popular verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He's not going to tell you what those plans are. He's not going to lay it out, which is what I thought I was supposed to get. I was supposed to, it, when I look back, I thought everything was laid out just the way it was supposed to be. No. But it is very easy to rely on your own understanding. You see, God totally wants us to continually step out of our comfort zone. And that is not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do at all. And for some people, they can't step out of their comfort zone because they're terrified, they're afraid. 
and they allow that to block them, to hinder them, to keep them stuck, to be in the muck and the mire. He wants us to step out of our comfort zone and trust him with the unknowns. I can, I can hear, you know, that old, somebody saying, don't worry about it, trust me. I know where I'm going, trust me. I got a GPS. It hasn't failed me yet. How many times have you, how many times have you said, trust me? I know that I learned, the, I learned the hard way that, you know, how hard can it be? I quit, had to quit saying that because I found out how hard it can be. And I don't trust anybody but the Lord. But that's not easy either. That is scary. It is uncomfortable not knowing That's where I, I think that when it says childlike faith, those of us that have children or grandchildren, that your kids are going to follow you regardless. They have faith in you. They know where they're going. I'm going to follow them. Childlike faith is what we need. But when you get old or older, we tend to push off that childlike faith because we're adults and we eat the meat and we know what we're doing. Take a look around you. But do you really know what you're doing? Do you really have it? It is, it's so much easier to say, Lord, I have no clue what I'm doing, but yet I'm going to give it all to you and not worry about it and just do it. It is scary. How many people like to ride the roller coaster because it's scary? How many people like the roller coaster? They put their hands up and they, and they get, because they did all the turns and everything. They're all excited about doing that. Being whipped around and all that. And, and that's, why can't you be like that when it comes to God and, and following his direction? It's, childlike faith is something that at 63, I'm supposed to still have childlike faith. At 83, childlike faith. It's that childlike faith that things happen. Without the childlike faith, then we say, that was, that's how it was. This is not how it is. No. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and so what, my, what the Word says, to, what the Word said, and what it says, and what it will continue to say, hasn't changed. I'm the God of mercy, I'm the God of love, I'm the God of forgiveness, 
I'm a healing God, I'm a forgiving God. I'm the God that you need to come to when it comes to, for direction. The Bible is a GPS, so to speak. It gives you direction. There's passages that tell you how to, how to get back on track because we do tend to get off track. There's a term that you know, a lot of people don't like, and it's called blind faith. I believe in blind faith. Because faith really doesn't, you have no clue what you're doing. It's faith. If you can sit in a chair and assume, and assume I have faith in that chair is going to hold my weight, it's not going to fall apart, and it's not going to break. Same faith that I have, I have faith in God that he's going to do the right thing. He's going to take me and, and show me the right things. He's going to do the right things in my life. And, and, and he's doing it because he loves me. We can let our past create confusion and lead to the question, do I go or do I stay? Do I turn left? Do I turn right? Now, I'm going to tell you this. When you come to a fork in the road and you look at the fork, you got a three-pronged fork, and so you can go straight. If you're doing what God wants you to do and you're going on that path and you come to a fork in the road and you have an option of going left and right or going straight, I'm going to say that you want to go straight if you're following God. He's already got you on that path. Then you get the choice of going on my own or doing something totally different. That's a choice. If you're, not on, if you're not on the right path and you're not following God like you're supposed to or like, or like you need to or should and you come to that fork in the road, you've got your way and God's way. And that's when you pray, God, which way? I'm the kind of person that I'm not going to go left and hope that I hear from God. I'm not going to do anything until I know for sure which direction I'm supposed to go. But that's important that we allow God to show us the path. He's, his word talks about showing us the path. We have all of that. We are all uncertain what directions we should go since we don't want to stop and ask for directions. We're terrible at asking for directions. I think, I do, I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I know what God has for me and what's what he wants me to do. And, and if God wants me to do something else, he'll tell me. And, and, and so I, I'm good with that. And you couldn't be further from the truth that's not how it works. If you're, not, if you're sitting in your comfortable seat, you're not being used because God doesn't use you in your comfortable seat. He's going to take you out of your comfort zone. That's what makes you a stronger person. Putting your faith into action, 
not just talking about it. I got all the faith in the world, and as long as I stand right here, nothing's going to go wrong. That's not how it works. You've got to put your faith into action. Faith is an action word. It is not just a word. There's people here today who have let their past control them. There's people here who've allowed their past to determine who they are. It's funny, I, I, and this is a rabbit trail, but I think about, there's a story in the Bible about blind Bartimaeus. And we all know about blind Bartimaeus. What you don't know is that that's not his name. Bartimaeus was his surname, that was his father. You don't know what his name was. He was always referred to as blind Bartimaeus. And we still talk about blind Bartimaeus today. Instead of talking about the man that Jesus healed, gave him his sight back. Who is that? That's blind Bartimaeus. We've got a label. No, I'm healed now, so I'm going to go by Tom. I'm the woman with the issue of blood. That's Jane. Jane used to have an issue with blood. Jane got healed, and so now Jane's going by her present name. I'm Jane. I'm not the woman with the issue of blood. That's who they were. It's not who they are. You think about your past. Your past is not who you are. It's who you were. It's up to you to let go of that past and to claim who I am today. I've been struggling all week to think about the Lord gives me things to say and I've said them here in the church and, and, and so the Lord gave me something last week and, and I thought, wow. But the problem is the Lord gives me things to say and so I don't remember what he gives me to say. That lets me know that that's the Lord giving me those words, not Randy. But it's something to do with stepping out of where you are to where you need to be. There's people here that have lost their joy. Your past can steal your joy. Your past can... I have no joy. How can I have joy when I've got all this? When, I, when I'm stuck right here, how can I have any joy? That's because you're looking here instead of here. When we look at ourselves... You can look at yourself in the mirror. But look at, who, look at me. Look at what I've got, I got myself into. That's right. You got yourself into that. Okay. Now, that's not who you are. Let's, let's fix that. We allow our past to freeze us, to, to, to control us, to consume us, 
I was guilty of it. I allowed my past to control me, to own me, to dictate me. I allowed my past to determine that, yeah, I'm a Christian, but how, just because I've got a Bible, that's just one way to get to heaven. The Hindus got their way. The Indians got their way. And all these other beliefs have their way to, to heaven because they all talk about, they call heaven something different, but it's all, in, in their minds, it's heaven to a happier place. There's only two places to go, heaven or hell. That's, that's it. You've got two options. It's up to you. And so I used to think, how can I be so arrogant and say, well, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. No other way to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't be the nicest person on the, in the block to get to heaven. But you can be the meanest, hatefulest, nastiest person in the world. And on your deathbed, give your life to the Lord, and you get to go to heaven. Well, that's not right. Well, it doesn't make any difference what you think. It's not about your opinions or anything. The Bible tells you. The Bible tells you. There's only one way to heaven. We don't like that sometimes. We don't like being told. So that's why we are stuck in our past. Those were options. Nothing but options. God has a direction for everybody. Something that I used to do, or I still do, one time, I, 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 there are times when the Lord gives me things for people and I share that with them. And so, and I've been doing that for 20 years. And so sometimes, I, the Lord gives me, I, I, I carry with me a um, spool of ribbon. And so, and depending upon the person, I can take that ribbon and go, you know, like this because they're young or like this because they're older. And so I cut off a piece of the ribbon and say, okay, this is your life. This represents your life. From the day you're born to the day you die. That's what this ribbon is. So, okay, now tell me today, if, are you ready to give your life to the Lord? Are you ready to go in the right direction? Are you ready to give up going in the direction that you're going and ask God to put you on the right path? Are you ready to do that? And they would say, yes, okay? So show me where this, where today is. And so they would show me, and I would cut that piece off. And so from this day forward, this is your life. I cut your past off. Just as Jesus has forgiven your past, it's gone. This is you. You're all new. There's, there is no past. It's gone. Continue on. There's your path. 
So one time I was watching YouTube, and there's a, a pastor, author, uh, Francis Chan, and come to find out that he's used that ribbon. He had a, a piece of rope that was, it went from wall to wall, and it was your life, just like I did with the ribbon. And I thought, hey, he stole that. God's got a direction for you. God loves you. God sees you. God's got a promise for each of you. And it makes no difference who you are or what you have done or even what you are doing. It makes no difference. Jesus, forgive me. You're forgiven. It's just that easy. I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't have to send in, you know, $35 for somebody to pray for me. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. All I have to do is ask to be forgiven. And I'm forgiven. Now, that part is easy. Doing what God wants you to do is a little bit more difficult. But there's people here today that are going in the wrong direction. And there's people here today that are frozen in time. There's people here today that are wandering in a desert and have been doing it for a long time. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know anything. If that's you, have I got something for you? You can cut off today and start fresh. And that's up to you. That's up to each of you. I'm going to say that we all need direction. And there are times when we do go in the wrong direction. And there are times when we forget where we're supposed to be going or we deny where we're supposed to be going or we say, I don't want to go there because I'm not, that's, it does, I'm not comfortable. I can't find a story in the Bible where it talked about people that were, you know, things were happening for them, being used, that, that they were comfortable. This doesn't work that way. So, if you are one of those people that is stuck going in the wrong direction, don't know what direction you're supposed to be in, know you're going in the wrong direction and, and don't know how to get back, or if you're the one that hasn't given their life to the Lord yet. This applies to you as well. If you've never given your life to the Lord before, you can start today and have it. It's up to each of you. But if, if you 
If you'll stand with me, we're going to bring this to a close. You know who you are. You know what you're supposed to do. And that's up to you. There are those who need to be up here. You know who you are. I'm going to open these altars and I'm going to, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to pray for whoever comes up individually, not collectively. And so I'm going to end the service and for everybody that wants to stay, please stay. If you want to be dismissed, we're going to dismiss you. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this word that you have given me to share. Lord, I pray that, that those who have heard your words, I pray that they feel that tug. I pray that they will come forth. Lord, I, I pray that they, are, that they step out of their comfort zone to come forth. Lord, I pray that for everybody that's here, that they have a blessed day. That the Lord, I pray that those people that are here that are leaving, that you will use them in some way today to be a blessing to somebody that they don't have a clue who they are, but yet they are a blessing to them. Father, thank you again. We love you and we praise you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.